Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Who had a good week? I had a fantastic week. I had a big week. But last week on Sunday night, our week started with our firstborn son preaching for the very first time ever at his church. And uh, he was so blessed. It was it was massive, and it was kind of just a smile of God for us yeah. to see our boy, who's a, a, just a great young man, uh, just making great decisions for Christ. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's a, become a youth leader at his church, and he's and he's quickly rising and being noticed. And it's amazing when the, the anointing and the favour of God comes upon your life, how people notice you. And he's just kind of set himself apart. And he preached this really, really simple message last week just called Don't Stop Seeking. And and it took me to a place where I thought, and I say this regularly, but we overcomplicate our faith. And we overcomplicate life in Christ. And we overcomplicate what God wants for us, and but it was just Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know that I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And he he tied in his personal story, and he tied in the story of a friend recently taking his life. And he said that it's brought him to a place where he realizes that the only way to get through life, the only way to experience what God wants for us, is just to don't stop seeking. Yeah. And Jeremiah says, if you seek me, you'll find me when you seek for me with all your heart. So I wanted to bring that this morning. I'm literally, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to focus on two scriptures. You'll get a lot more, but I'm going to focus on two scriptures um, that I think are, are good life scriptures for us. First being 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And the second being Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And then we're going to pray. I want to pray for people that want joy, want those open communication lines with heaven, that want gratitude on the inside, and and then we're we're going to pray. But 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, starting in verse 16, says, Rejoice always. Impossible. (laughs) Give. Pray without ceasing. Impossible. Give thanks in all circumstances. Impossible. These are three impossible commands, right? As I was preparing this message, and I just started looking at these scriptures, and what I do is I like to read a scripture, think on a scripture, quote the scripture, think on the scripture, let some time pass, think on the scripture, and let it just kind of get grounded on the inside of me, not just rejoice always, but let it sit, let it let it get rooted in. And I thought, rejoice always is an invitation, not a command. See, sometimes we read it, you will be joyful. You're losing your house, you will be joyful. That family member's sick, you will be. This is, this is an invitation to go to a place of joy instead of a, a place of Trauma, or pain, or depth of spirit. It, it's this is this is God saying, I've, I've got a grace that I'm dispensing to you, that in the midst of, despite your circumstances, you can find joy. Rejoice always, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going. And you might have had the highest of highs this year, or the lowest of lows. But like what I was saying before, the thing that I love is consistency. Yeah. And I think God holds us at a consistent state. 
when we press into him, when we rely in him. Because the thing is this, that everything God offers us in life is invitational, not forced. You can have it if you want, but you don't have to. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes to us from the Father in heaven, but we don't always accept the good and perfect gift that God has for us. We don't always accept the peace. We don't always step into the joy. We don't always allow God's goodness to flow into our lives. What did David say? He said, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart, but I chose not to. I chose to receive what you had for me, Lord. But, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I chose not to fear because you're with me. I chose to look to you instead of the circumstance. I chose to look through the valley instead of the mountains beside me. I accepted the invitation. You know, Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you need rest, I'll give it to you. Don't keep striving. Don't keep fighting. Don't keep wanting more and, and, and pouring yourself out for something that you're not getting. Just come to me. You don't have to, but if you come to me, you'll get rest. You'll get rest. Not only physically, you'll get rest for your soul. I think the thing that wearies us most in life is that our souls, there's distress on the inside. We, there's a lack of peace. There's a lack of clarity. There's a, And he says, just if you will come to me, I'll give you rest. And I feel like that's a word for somebody in this moment at this time of the year is go to him. Go to Jesus. Don't go to more frenetic you know, activity. Don't go to striving harder and running faster and doing more. Go to Jesus. And, and it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm humble and lowly of heart. You'll find rest for yourself. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. When I don't know if you think about that picture, but when the when oxen are yoked, they're yoked to the cart or they're yoked to the plough. It's so that they can pull, they can exert energy and pull whatever is behind them. But here Jesus is saying, "My yoke's easy, and my burden is light." So what's a positive? We often look to as a negative, going, "Well, I don't want to be yoked. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to have rules. I don't want to have regulations." You go, "That's okay. You can do your life life your way." You can do it in your strength. You can try and make ends meet. You can try and make things happen. But if you do it my way, the best way, you'll find rest for your soul. You don't have to, but you can. Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. I'm at the door knocking. I want to be central in your world and in your life. I want to bring you that rest and that peace that assurance, that comfort, that protection, that provision. I want to be in the middle of your world, but you don't have to let me in. But if you do, because I'm standing at the door knocking and, and calling out. We had somebody at the door last night, and, and I was upstairs, and everybody was in other rooms. I said, is somebody knocking? And you could, you could hear the knock, but it's like, is somebody knocking? Could somebody go and check the door? I wonder how often we don't go and check the door when God's knocking. We're in the middle of a challenge, in the middle of a, a, a time where we need some, some wisdom or some revelation or some peace or some joy. We need something and somebody's knocking at the door. Who the heck's knocking at the door at this time of night? Really? It's dark. We've all got our pajamas on. Where, why, who's knocking? Because if you, if you open the door, I'll come in. And that's a word for somebody this morning. God wants to come into the middle of your situation. 
God wants to come in and be with you and dine with you. There's nothing more intimate than, than sitting at a table, eating food, having conversation, and, and, and bouncing with each other. God wants to do life with you on another level. And as we enter into 2024, I want to encourage you, listen to the door, to whoever's knocking on the door. Listen to that small, still voice and let him in. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. Those who wait upon the Lord, renew their strength. I just want my strength from you. Well, wait on the Lord. You don't have to, but you can. It's an invitation. It's, a, it's a, not a command. You don't have to. You can do life your way. You're, you've got your will. You've got your plans. You've got your purposes. But the funny thing is that it says there is a way that seems right to man, but in its end is death. And it takes me away from the God plan for my life. And I'm going, God, in, in, in a new year, I want to find resolve to do life your way. I want to know joy like I've never known it before. What does the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Not my joy that I find. Not and, and can I say this, that joy isn't just happiness. I believe it's an internal disposition to, to, towards contentment that has been graced upon me. Where I go, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of I walk with God, you are that present constant in my world. Amen? So really, I, I guess joy... Praying always and being continually thankful are impossible except in Christ. Yeah. In Acts 7.28 it says this, 17. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. When you realize whose you are, you can live in this state. You can live in a place where you're, where you're joyful always. Full of joy. You know, I, I looked at the definition of uh, joy this week, or to rejoice, and feel or show great joy or delight, and the, the definite, we spent the evening rejoicing at our victory. And so I was thinking about this, and I, this is, we have joy because of something. I had a victory, therefore I'm joyful. I won the lotto, therefore I'm happy. I got a new car, there is joy in my world. But the biblical term for rejoice, which was commonly used among early Christians, was actually, it was a, it was a call to joy and often used as a greeting or a salutation. Where you would, instead of saying hello, you'd say, come to joy. Experience joy. And Jesus, this I was reading this, would often walk into a room and immediately call people to joy instead of using the standard hello. Because joy is more than happiness. Jesus wasn't calling people to dance and laugh or have fun. He was calling them to him. This is joy because of someone, not something. That, that the constant in our life can be Jesus, that rock, that, that, that cornerstone, that bedrock of our lives, that foundation that can't be shifted or changed, can be Jesus. Yeah. And, but it's my focus and it's my, per and it's my intent. What am I looking at? I want to encourage us this year to, to lift our eyes beyond our circumstances, yeah. Yeah. to lift our eyes beyond the moment and say, Jesus, you're still there. Yeah. You're still on the throne. You're, you're, you're still sovereign. You're still ruling and reigning. I lift my eyes to the hills to where my help comes. My help comes from the Lord. In 2024, your help is always going to come from the Lord. Yeah, that's not from what learned practices, not from upbringing, not from you know inheritance, not from something else, from the Lord. Look to the Lord. And I love that. Joy because of someone. And like I was saying, joy... Joy isn't just happiness, it's an internal disposition of contentment, knowing that I'm graced for the life I've been gifted, 
and I carry a grace for every season and circumstance I'll face. You've been graced for the life that you're walking through. You are bigger than you think you are, stronger than you think you are. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That you can, you can overcome, and that's what the word says. You're more than an overcomer. And I love what Romans says. It says all things work together for good, for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purposes. That we don't have to be swayed around, tossed to and fro by the seasons and storms of life. We can walk true and we can walk straight. Amen. And I, just, I have a list here of a few reasons to be joyful, to carry joy in your heart. And then we are one with Christ. Jesus paid the price for every sin we, have, we will have ever committed and ever will. God himself is our father. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. We're no longer slaves of sin or under its dominion. We're joint heirs with Christ and will share in his reward. We have a sympathetic high priest who intercedes for us night and day. I, I, I don't know about you, but this, this stuff helps me. God is working all things together for our good. Nothing will ever separate us from God's love. God's prepared good works for us to walk into. God is in control of every detail of our lives. I could go on and on and on. What are you thankful for? At the end of another big year, where some of us are tired and some of us have worked really hard and some of us have had some knocks and others have had victories, what are you thankful for? Why don't you just choose one of those things and, and, and wholeheartedly, and from your intimate, just God, thank you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my work. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for health. Thank you for peace in my heart. Thank you for great friends. Thank you for an amazing church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your constant in my life. Thank, thank you. Because it shifts you. The second you go to that place of gratitude and thankful, it shifts you. And you start to see life differently. Yeah. When I get negative on things, nothing works. Yeah. Nothing works. And so the older you get, you learn to let things go quicker and to not hold on to things and not to be, be bothered by things. And honestly, most days now, I laugh at things that would have ticked me off 20 years ago. And I would have held on to it. But the funny thing is, I wouldn't have held on to it. It would have held on to me. Yeah. And it was a thought in my head for that, that entire week. They did this, and they said that, this happened, that went wrong. That's all I thought about all week. So the only thing I had was a lost week. Yeah. And a lack of peace. Yeah. And a lack of joy. Yeah. The second I flipped perspective, whatever, whatever it does back, doesn't matter, it's all good. Give it to God. God, I hold nothing against anybody that's ever done anything to me. I forgive every person anything that they've ever done. I, I hold nothing against anyone. Whew. Now I feel light. Now I can think about whatever I want to think about. Now I can focus on things that matter. And I can get productive in life. And I can, I can be a producer rather than just this consumer of, of weight and heaviness. And get, why, don't we, why don't we find something to get grateful for and then release everything else? Just a thought. Amen? Amen. Because joy in the Greek is chara. C-H-A-R-R-A, and it's a, a grace and a, and a gratitude. So like I was saying, we've been graced for the life that we've been given. Yeah. And sometimes life feels like it's too much and it's too big for us and there's too much coming at us and I didn't see this happening and I didn't want this to happen and I, this, my life's taking twists and turns. You're graced for the life you're in. You will get through. Yeah. You will overcome. You will walk in victory. Just keep walking. All things are working together for your good. And I've done this a million times, but God, it's not good. Yes, it is. I'm out here on the other side of not good. If you just keep walking through not good, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get bigger. You're going to be more blessed. Your world is going to expand. What does the word say? The way of the righteous winds upwards. So right here, it's not good. 
but I've already got a plan and I've already got a way and I've already led you through because I live outside the bounds of time. So just come out here and now it's all good. Yeah. Don't give up in the middle. Don't stop in the valley. Why were there valley or bones in the valley of dry bones? Why was there death and destruction and dislocation? And because people stopped in the valley. Yeah. Keep walking, get grateful. Grace leads to gratitude, which leads to joy. Sure. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Impossible. No, it's not. God wants open lines of communication with each of us. Just where, when, when I'm speaking, you'll hear me. When you're crying out to me, you need to know I'll hear you. I'm always here. I'm ever present. God wants us to be seeking him. And when, when do relationships work best? When there's good communication. When there's open lines of communication. When there's connection. John 15 says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We think we're so smart. We think we're so good. We're so intelligent. We're so articulate. We're so skilled. And and I can do this. You can't do anything (laughs) without God. Honestly, every single one of us will fall flat on our face at some point in some time. You might go, well, I've I've got through 48 years and I'm doing pretty good. There, There may just come a day. And I want to encourage you, let your security... Let the ballast of your soul be found in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Communicate with him. Thank him. Talk regularly with him. Let him speak to you. Let him lead you and guide you. Proverbs says the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. That, That God will speak to you and lead you and guide you. Just stay connected to him. You will bear fruit in season. Your leaves won't wither when you stay connected to Jesus Christ. Third thing is, is give thanks in all circumstances. And I think I was thinking about this, I thought gratitude changes everything. It really does. And the people that I'm attracted to in life are people that not necessarily do things for me, but are thankful when I do things for them. Where there's just this, this thankfulness, thank you so much. It could be the smallest of things, could be the biggest of things. If somebody shows me any level of gratitude just for the smallest of things, my heart is indeed towards them. I think it's the same with God. Where we just go, God, you know what? Everything I have in life came from you. You bless me that much. You you pour out so much that every single thing that I have, even the things that I feel that I lack, I know are protection from you. You're not giving them to me right now because I'm not ready for it or I'm not big enough for it. But God, and and it changes everything, it changes perspective. I see differently when I carry gratitude in my heart, it changes my mindsets. It, 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 it flips the switch and, and I think differently. It changes my emotions. You know, you know to, to, to get angry, the, the definition of it is to boil over with rage. But when I'm grateful and I'm carrying gratitude in my heart, it's like, I've said this before, like an air conditioner for the soul. And it's like this cool breeze. I don't know, I've been working outside a little bit lately. And it's been hot. Mm-hmm. And there was a few days where there was not a drop of wind, not, not a breath of wind. And I know I'm hot when I start sweating on my face and near my eyes. And it's like, oh, this is hot. I'm boiling over. And I know that can, it can be like that in life where we allow ourselves to get angry about things. Or we, but when I'm grateful, even for the smallest of things, it's like an air conditioner for the soul. And, and this cool wind blows and it brings relief. You know, it changes attitudes. And I think we, I think we need an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. 
yeah. just in life. And this week, could I, could I encourage you, find that one thing to be thankful for and express it. Just show your gratitude for one person. Cry out to God, thank him. Ring somebody, text somebody, do something. And just be, just carry gratitude in your heart for everything that you have and everything you face. Amen? Amen. Gratitude changes how I speak, which changes who I am. Because what I speak creates my future, creates my world. It makes me get bigger or smaller. Amen? Amen. Psalm 46.10 says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. In 2024, I, I honestly believe and I'm sensing, I'm sensing a few things, that we're in for a war in 2024. I, I feel like there's a war that's, that's brewing in the heavens, and that God's about to release some angels into the earth to, to shake things up, that there's going to be a move of the Spirit, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what God is going to do. I think we're going to see things we haven't seen before. We're going to step into a new realm of, of the spiritual and the supernatural like we never have before. The prophetic is going to come forward. It's going to shift and shape things in the heavens and in the now. And I think we need to be ready for it. But the only way to get ready for what God is going to do is to still ourselves so we can know that he is God, yeah. so that we can hear his instruction and we can see what he's going to do. And I think God wants to do a, a work in each of our lives for the year ahead. Yeah. But I, and I was thinking through this is there, there just comes a time where you need to be still. Yeah. Have you ever had stitches? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I went and gave blood. I didn't give blood the other day. It wasn't voluntary. <laughs> I had to give blood to that. I needed a blood test. And I'm sitting there and I've had over 200 stitches. I've had wrist reconstructions, hand reconstructions. I've had double hip replacement. I used to be like, well, do whatever you like to me. I don't even care. And the older I get, the softer I get. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm in my work gear, and there's these two ladies, and I'm sitting there, and she said, please just be gentle. And she's looking at me like, are you serious? I said, yep, yeah, just please just be gentle. She said, you be still, I'll be gentle. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not looking at her. She's got the needle. I'm looking at this lady here. And then she's putting a, a little dot on my arm. I said, what are you doing? She said, it's done. She said, if you stay still, it doesn't hurt. But I think we go through life and, and things hurt simply because we're not stealing ourselves for God to do the work he wants to do in our lives. We're moving around. We're, we're slippery little suckers. But he's like, just, just, just stop for a second. It's like we're like a bucket of eels in oil. It's like we, we want to just keep moving and ducking and weaving. God knows everything about your life. Everything about your life. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the right. He knows the wrong. And he's okay with you. Just be still. Let God do a work in your life because he wants to do what you can't do. I trod on glass the other day. And it's, every time I walked, it hurt. Until I stopped and pulled the glass out. Until I stilled myself and pulled. I, I'm trying to paint a picture this morning. <laughs> Have you had an operation? What's a, a delicate operation, a, a, a significant operation. What do they do? They sedate you. They put you to sleep so you can't move. So you, you, you're, you're limp, your life, you're, you're laying there. God wants it somewhere just for us to go, I concede. Good. Yeah. I give in. Yeah. In my business, in my relationships, with my phone, I've done everything I can, but I give in. And that again is an invitation, not a command. Yeah, you don't have to. But if you don't, you'll keep walking through that pain. Yeah. And what do they say? Change doesn't happen until the, the pain of change exceeds that of staying the same. So, I might have said that the other way around. I can't even remember how I said it. I did, Sue. I said it the wrong way. 
Yeah, yeah, good. I just flipped it on its head. I want to. I want to let God change us at the end of this year and as we enter into a brand new year. I don't want to be the same person in 2024. I, I want to be better because I look more like Jesus, not because I, I do things better or I achieve more or I. I want to. I want to be more like Jesus in 2024, and I think it's an invitation that's been given to the church. Can we stand to our feet? I'd just love to pray for us. On Thank You Sunday, that God would do a work, that He'd bring joy, that we would be able to step into that open lines of communication, and that we would have gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts. And you know what? This is this is a real struggle for some people yeah. to be grateful or to to not harbour offence or to not let go of frustrations or to to talk to God. We may not have had that in previous relationships or with parent figures or something like that, but God wants to speak to you. God wants to have open lines of communication, and I, that's my prayer for us this morning. Can we just close our eyes, lift our hands? Father, we love you. And at this time of Christmas, this joyous, festive, end-of-year season, Father, we just, we just thank you for everything we have. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for life in our bodies. Father, I just pray this morning for joy and peace and gratitude to reign in our lives, to fill us, overflow us. Your word says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. I thank you, Lord. We won't be focused on temporal things, but we will think be focused on eternal things, Lord God. We would place value in your presence in our life over anything else, everything else. But God, bless our church, bless our people, bless this Christmas festive season. Let there be angels set around every one of our people, Lord God, to protect them, to lead them, to be with them, to bring them peace and health and joy in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.